This podcast was first broadcast on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. Go to radioverulam.com to find more Environment Matters podcasts and, if you enjoy what we do, to find out how you can support the station, which is run entirely by volunteers. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Coming up later, St Albans Abbey launches its Lent Talks, this year with the title Treading Lightly on God's Earth. Dr Kevin Walton, Canon Chancellor at St Albans Cathedral, explains some of the diverse themes that will be discussed. Now, on the 24th of February, Green Party councillor Simon Grover will put a motion before St Albans District Council that, if carried, would take the district a step closer to 20 miles an hour, becoming the default speed limit in towns and villages in our district. I spoke to Colin Hodges from 20s Plenty for St Albans District, and I started by asking him what the motion to St Albans District Council will be asking for. The motion was initially drafted by Twenties Plenty for St Albans District, and it says a couple of key things. It will hopefully enable St Albans District Council to state very clearly that it believes that the establishment of wide area 20 mile an hour zones in St Albans, Harpenden and neighbouring villages would have immediate benefits on road safety, air quality, active transport and community well-being. And also it will resolve that the leader of the council request of Hearts County Council that priority is given to the establishment of such wide area 20 mile an hour zones in St Albans district and that work can start on drawing up detailed plans for the establishment of these schemes. Okay, so these wide 20 mile an hour zones, how will they be enforced? Will this involve speed bumps or other kinds of traffic calming? Well, the the traffic officers will lead the way on this, Amanda, and there will be a range of methods employed in order to help cars move from currently travelling at 30 miles an hour, for example, in relation to a a 30 mile an hour road down to 20 miles an hour. It's well established that simply putting up signs is not enough. We need to do more than that to help motorists reduce their speed. And that can include public information campaigns. It can include markings on the road. And it can also involve certain engineering solutions. So, for example, speed speed bumps can be used. Twenties Plenty believe, though, that much can be achieved by driver awareness programmes, by intelligent signing, encouraging motorists to want to share in the community feel of a town and a 20 mile an hour zone as well. So we we would hope that engineering interventions are limited. Okay. I mean, Colin, Colin, are you a motorist yourself? Do you think you will be able to reduce your your speed in a car down to 20 miles an hour without um, what's called engineered solutions? I think there are a range of ways in which hopefully we will see the dominance of of cars on the roads reduced, both in terms of numbers and speed. So lower speeds of cars should encourage more people to take to their bicycles and to walk. So we should see a reduction in fast moving vehicles as a result of that. And Amanda, yes, I I think um, one would hopefully be, be greeted into the 20 mile an hour zone 
in St Albans and encouraged to drive more slowly. The fact that it would be a wide area zone means that it wouldn't just be for a short piece of road and then back up to 30 miles an hour shortly afterwards. The, the journey through St Albans and Harpenden and, and villages would be conducted in a, in a different way, in, in a way that encourages the sharing of those streets with other more vulnerable road users. Okay. The idea sounds sort of quite utopian in a lot of ways. Has this approach been tried elsewhere? Yes, it, it certainly has. And in fact, Hertfordshire is one of the slower authorities to roll out such schemes. In the UK, there are now more than 20 million people living in areas where the local authorities have either already adopted this policy or are in the process of adopting it now. That includes, for example, large parts of London, Bath and Somerset, Cambridge, Leeds, Cardiff, the list is a really very substantial one. And we think the time has come for St Albans District to have a similarly, let's call it utopian, if you like, Amanda, a similarly utopian scheme for our residents and for our street users. So ultimately, it is Harts County Council who will decide the speed limit. So, so where's the value in this district council motion? Yes, so we do operate under tiered governmental system, of course, and ultimate authority for determining speed limits sits at county level rather than at district level. Hearts County Council are saying lots of positive things about moving in this direction. They have a very green looking local transport plan and are going out of their way to prioritise active transport. They have also recently or in the process of, of earmarking a budget of £7 million towards the rollout of 20 mile an hour schemes across the county. But they will expect to see thoughtful and well-considered proposals coming up with community support for schemes in, in certain parts of the county. And we would like, therefore, for St Albans to be at the front of that list of communities that come forward in saying we would like a, a suitable scheme to be designed and and established in St Albans District. So yes, you're right, it is subject to approval at county level, but the process needs to begin with a demonstration of local support. And you've got a request for any listeners who might want to support this scheme? Yes, we do. We are encouraging people who share our aims to write to their St Albans district councillors to ask them to vote in favour of the motion. And we're making that as easy as possible for people. There's a pre-prepared letter that can be found and readily sent to an individual's councillor based on their address. And that is at our website, which is 20s Plenty for St Albans district org.uk and you don't need to use the, the pre-prepared correspondence by all means write a correspondence that better suits your objectives but if you are supportive this approach makes it as, as straightforward as possible to to show that support. Colin Hodges thank you very much for explaining that to us. Thank you Amanda. Now, Colin might be pleased to know that Hertfordshire County Council is consulting on a couple of schemes for St Albans, one of which is the creation of a low-traffic neighbourhood in Fleetville, which would involve lower speed limits and restrictions on vehicle access. And you can take a look at the proposals and have your say if you search for Hearts County Council consultations and choose the consultation on the Active Travel Fund. And I'll pop the link onto the Environment Matters Facebook page along with other useful links from today's show.
Now, Lent is a time for reflection, and this year's online Cathedral Lent course explores our relationship to the environment in the light of scripture, tradition and the challenges of the climate crisis. It's open to all and it's free of charge. I spoke to Reverend Dr Kevin Walton, Canon Chancellor at St Albans Cathedral, and I started off by asking him why the cathedral had taken the theme of treading lightly on God's earth this year in particular. Well, I think we're all aware that environment is becoming much higher in the agenda, and that's partly a response, I think, to the COVID crisis and people having different experiences of nature and the environment and just thinking and having to do things differently. We've also got the COP conference coming this year. And so we anticipate there's going to be a lot more interest in environmental matters. But also, in particular, the Church of England, like other organisations, has taken a resolution to improve its own carbon footprint. So there's a a net zero target, which the Church of England has for 2030. I'm actually heading a group here in a cathedral to look at how we can do that. So all those things that are coming together. And it also it is a sort of Lent theme because it's about how we live on Earth and the simplicity that comes with that as well what we eat, people talk about fasting during Lent and, and, and various aspects as well. So that all sort of fits in as well. Is treading lightly, from what you say now, is it an accepted part of being a Christian, do you think? Or, or do you think that argument is still being made? I think it certainly is an accepted one. I think like with a lot of things, it's people often juggle priorities. And so it's seeing it as a priority and seeing it as a mainstream idea rather than something that just a few keen people have as well. But yeah, the idea of simplicity of living is something that's deep in the heart of Christian spirituality as well. And knowing our place within the world and our place in relationship to God of having a sense of, a, of being a vocation um, to care for the earth. And it's something that we, we hand on to others as well as, as a gift to be treasured. You spoke a bit about COP26. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's a big practical challenge of cutting our carbon footprint to reduce our impact on climate change. But you're also in these talks and discussions, you're, you're covering different aspects of our relationship with the earth. You're looking at it quite holistically. What do you hope that people will take from the events in terms of their motivation to tread lightly? I, ho- I hope we'll inspire people. So, I mean, part of the course is looking at the beauty of the earth and our place within it. So I think there's something about that and about imagination. I think informing people, getting to think about it. And there's a bit of something for everyone in the course as well. So it the danger if you just focus too narrowly on a theme, then some people will just not engage. They'll think it's not for them. So it's actually using art, using part Christian tradition, scripture and so on, some practical stuff as well. So all that's sort of mixed in. So the different people will take different things. And also an important part of it is discussion. So there'll be presentation that on a theme each time, but then we'll use because we're using Zoom, we use breakout groups to to get people to discuss things themselves in their groups and then to feedback as well. So it's a, it's a process that people that people can participate as well. So one of the themes that will be covered is mm-hmm. St. Francis's kinship with creation. You spoke about um, yeah. Christian tradition there. I mean, obviously, St. Francis lived hundreds of years ago um, when he was showing his love for animals. 
does Christian teaching, do you think, does it have a valuable message about the way that we treat the earth um, and the living things that we share it with? But perhaps although it's quite an old message, we've not properly recognised this message until recently. Well, I would say it's probably become more obscured, really, since in the 19th century and the Industrial Revolution and the 20th century. So it's always been part of there, but it's not necessarily been part of the the way that we articulate the story of the faith as well. So creation is very much theme in, say, the Old Testament, which is my area, but we tend to think more in terms of salvation and history and so on, rather than creation and the cycle of the year and so on. So I think it's partly about how we emphasise certain things, but I think it's a wider issue within certainly the Western culture where we've mechanised the world, mechanised nature, and it's come to be seen as something for us to exploit and to use rather than living in harmony with it. So for instance, in Genesis, the, the word Adam relates to the word Adamar, which means earth. So you could translate Adam as earth creature that, you know, shows our dependency on the earth. But I think we've, we've sort of lost that through the years with this idea that we're somehow above the earth rather than part of it. Yeah. Francis, that was very much part of his lifestyle. It's, it's living close to nature and having that sense of simplicity and I think having a kinship to cre- the creatures of the world as well. Yeah, I, 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 um, I think it sounds like there's some very, very interesting and really quite ancient themes there. So um, one of the talks is about being a global neighbour. And I was uh-huh. just wondering how you thought that the climate and biodiversity crisis has made a difference to this very Christian idea of being a good neighbour. Well, I think, it's, I think it's made us aware that what we do here affects people on the other side of the world, that we really are interconnected you know so at the moment there's a lot of debate about a new coal mine in Cumbria and people are saying it's a local matter (laughs) it's not just a local matter it's a global matter because everything that we do has an effect on the wider the wider environment and particularly us in the west we are the ones that are consuming most so we you know we do have to take a lead in that really and just the the idea of waste and that you know we know where waste ends up all over the place that, that, that we produce here as well. So I think that's very much brought to a reality to the idea that we, how we are all interconnected with each other. And I will say we're, we're also neighbour to those who who are going to follow us. It's neighbours through time. And what, what are we leaving for people who come after us on this earth as well? Indeed. Uh, that's that's a lot for us to get our head around, isn't it? Yes, the idea yeah. of our, our neighbours being everybody, not just now, but but forever, really. Yeah. So coming a little bit more to the here and now, you spoke at the start about the Church of England trying to move towards reducing its, its carbon. Is the cathedral treading lightly, do you think, or, or what's it doing to ensure that it does tread a little more lightly? Well, not enough. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, there's a huge amount of work to do. I mean, I think on the one hand, one of the one of the good news stories about somewhere like this is it was made centuries and centuries ago, and it's still here. There's a, there's a resident sustainability within it. It's, it was made with recycled materials when it was built, Roman bricks and so on. But in terms of the carbon that we're using, I mean, you know, we have got big issues. I mean, our, our issue is clearly energy, and um, particularly the use of gas. So the electricity we know is is renewable electricity that we use, as with a lot of churches. But one of the main challenges is going to be how can we become less dependent upon on gas in the future, or where does the gas come from? So there are when you've got particularly ancient buildings, 
there's not so much you can do to them as you can do to modern buildings. So we're on, we're on a journey. I think that's that's the point. I mean, I think we know where we need to get to. We want to reduce our carbon as much as possible. Where that can't be done, the the Church of England guidance is then you offset it, but you don't offset it in a way that just washes your hands of it. It's a way of saying it's a note to self that this is what we should be trying to reduce even further when we can. So yes, that's what I'd say. I'd say we're on a journey. We're not saying we're, we're better than anybody else. We're certainly not. But we will be looking at different ways how we can change things to make it better. And okay. some of it is about what we do directly, uh, but it's also about how we can influence people more generally, just like what we're doing in this course. We're getting people to think about their own carbon footprint in their own homes and their own work as well. The Treading Lightly on God's Earth Talks will run from the 24th of February to the 24th of March, and you can book on the St Albans Cathedral website. Now, another event which should promote some interesting discussion is Sustainable St Albans' event entitled Donuts and Decision Making. It's on Monday the 8th of March at 7.30. They say donut economics is a flexible approach that's been used by community groups, local government and corporates to help them improve their decision making. Rob Shorter will introduce us to the donut approach and explain how it's been used and encourage us to think how we might use it in our district. And you can book your place on the Sustainable St Albans website. You can stay in touch or get in touch via Twitter at RV underscore environment uh, on the Environment Matters Facebook page or you can drop me a line on amanda at radioverolum.com if you've got a comment about the show or something that you'd like me to cover. I'm going to be back at the same time next week. Until then, thanks for listening.